Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hospitality TV. Today we're in Point Loma in San Diego with San Diego Eater Chef of the Year, Claudette Zepeda at her restaurant in Jardin. Uh, super stoked to be here. Very excited to be uh, here with you, Chef. Thanks for the time. Thanks for wanting me to talk. Oh my God, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. tired, but I'm good. <laughs> I always say that, no, I'm great, I'm great. I'm a little tired, yeah, but I'm great. It's your day off. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. We just came out of a really cool round table discussion too, so thanks for doing it again. Yeah. Um, I want to maybe just take a brief moment, if you could, just give us a quick background story, your background story on how it is that you got here um, in this industry, for those that don't know. So there I was. <laughs> um, I've been in restaurants my entire life. Um, my aunt had a restaurant in Guadalajara that I pretty basically grew up in. I spent all the summers and breaks going to visit her. Um, and my childhood was just revolved around food and family and loud people <laughs> were always, is always a thing. Um, and when I had my son, I was 18 years old, so I was very, very young. And I hit one of those moments where I didn't know what I was going to do because I had just graduated high school. I didn't have money for college. I didn't have the grades for college. I graduated high school um, in a program called Learning Center, which is basically where the bad kids go because I had a full-time job my junior year in high school. Uh, so I looked at my kid and I said, okay, I got to pick something that is going to be one, provide for him because I was a single mom, and two, is going to show him that he should chase his dreams. And for some reason, one reason, one way led me to food. I don't know why, I don't know how, it just very organically happened. I applied to the Art Institute in San Diego, wrote an essay on how my brothers and I learned uh, English watching KPBS. So Julia Child, <laughs> Food TV, Are You Being Served? Just British comedy has always been my favorite. but. Long story short, I went uh, first job that got paid at a cafe in Imperial Beach, and then second job was at Pizzeria Uno's as a hostess nice. slash expo slash love Pizzeria <laughs> <laughs> slash everything. I was 16 and kind of never left. I well, I've done all kind. I've done literally every job under the sun. Every job. I have cash checks. I have worked at the IKEA returns department. I oh worked God. at like, literally <laughs> Cox Cable for a short stint. Um, because I've always had to maintain two to three jobs for the family. So I'd work as a cook and then I'd go work as an office. I was a bookkeeper for three years for a nonprofit. I'm like the Jane of all trades, yeah. master of none. Um, <laughs> but I've had a really, really cool career. Uh, I think, I feel, I feel very fortunate that I've had very good mentors in this career in San Diego. Um, I've never been able to leave and travel and do stages elsewhere. Um, but I found good mentors within San Diego that when I went from pastry to savory very easily. Most people don't have that transition mm -hmm. as easily as I feel like I did. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's just because you gotta either be tough or dumb, and I'm, I'm not sure, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out which one I am. Um, but I think that that's led me to this place, and you know, the dreams and everything. This is, El Jardin is a culmination of pretty much my entire career. Do you have a moment that you remember that like or like a, an early childhood food moment that really like you can look back on i know it's kind of like a you know when i was a kid my dad is a very adventurous person my dad was the one that would always take me on the roller coasters that would stick his foot underneath my heels so i would meet the height requirement and the theme <laughs> parks um and he so he's always he, my dad's a lover of life of flavors of he's bigger than life my dad um and i very clearly every time i smell guayabas it literally is like one of those moments in movies where it's like and it transports the person to a different time and place. 
Um, the smell of guayabas and grilled fish reminds me very much of my childhood visiting Nayarit. And that's where my dad was born. And my, the Cepeda family on my side was uh, Santiago Escuincla, Nayarit. Um, transports me to that. So I have a very, very big part of my heart is in Guadalajara and Nayarit. Yeah. And the food. Big emotional connection yeah. for sure. So, you know, one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you here today, too, is that you're always a super straight shooter. You tell it how it is. There's no BS involved. I love to you for fault. that. <laughs> <laughs> to, but it's real. It's real. It's real. Yeah. So I want to I want to dig into that a little bit and um, kind of just throw out a couple of not rapid fire, but just throw out some more direct questions at you and kind of take it from there. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people out there who are. Um, who are hardworking in restaurants and they're putting in the blood and tears and hoping to have a restaurant one day, but they've never really even been a part of maybe an opening mm -hmm. or much less actually opened a restaurant. What would you tell them that it takes to open a restaurant? Um, I think it's two things, patience and uh, adaptability. You have to be able to roll with the punches mm -hmm. in opening restaurants. If you grind your heels at any point or you start thinking negatively, I am a very firm believer of energy, so I try to always put out good energy, and it has worked out for me where it's like if I say, well, this is this sucks, this is a failure, and well, I guess I'm not doing it, usually it doesn't happen. Right. So I have like that positive, that PMA, you know, positive mental attitude yeah. always, and shit's not always perfect, and it's never going to be perfect because we're perfectionists as a fault in this career. Mm -hmm. But I think that those two things, the patience to know that everything will happen when it's supposed to happen, and the adaptability is if it doesn't, it's okay. Yeah. So what if you have those two things? Like for somebody who doesn't, I mean, you know, doesn't have a big life savings or something, how do you get like investments or what's even a good way to go about doing that? How do you build those? Is it relationship based? Is it reaching out to a bunch of people and hey, will you invest in me? Or what have you seen the most <laughs> successful like approaches on that? I think uh, it's kind of like the, how do you get respect from people? Mm -hmm. People either demand it or earn it. You really do have to put in the work and, and show why you people should invest in you, right. why you should be given a partnership in a place, um, and never expect it. I think that that's on, and also a humility yeah. is a huge thing. So, being hungry and and having an ego, they don't go. They're not one and the same. You have to be hungry and be hum be humble, mm -hmm. because that humbleness people see it, and people with money or that want to put in money towards you know a dream of someone that they can see is going to earn it and going to work hard for it. Yeah, those things will align. And again, it's like don't force it. Right. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. If it's not, it wasn't meant to be. So on that note, what do you think have been some of your biggest failures so far in your career? Like what? I mean, I'm not really yeah. like looking I for like the I. <laughs> fucked that one up really bad and you know I think that I don't consider anything that I've ever done as failures because I've learned from every fucking yeah. mistake I've learned mm -hmm. from every bruise on my shin I've learned from every fall and I've fallen hard um, I think the biggest failure for me was thinking that I had to be a jackass for people to respect me that I had to be that like tough chef and I had to be loud and mean and and that's something be, but that's what this industry tells women old, but to. that was the culture too right? right I mean for a long for the longest time yeah. This old school culture of just kind of beating you down to bring you up. Yes, but in women, it's perceived as being a bitch. Men, wow, look at that great leader. If a girl is like that, what's wrong at home? Are you mad? You mad, bro? <laughs> you know, that's what we get. Right. And it's like, if I were a dude, I'd get a raise. What a leader. If I'm a girl, oh, she must be at that time of the month. 
you know, and <laughs> it sucks, but it's the truth. Like there's just, again, I'm not very good at mincing my words, Yeah. but if I had a dick between my legs, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> um, and I just learned that it's like, it's not necessary. I don't have to, I don't have to humiliate people. I don't have to haze them of like, oh, you left the tape on the, on the cup, go and do 10 pushups. Why? What the hell does that prove? Right. All you do is make that person miserable. You're humiliating them in front of their staff, the other peers, and then their peers are making fun of them. They go home and they drink, and it's like you're perpetuating that cycle of assholes. Right. And then when they lead a kitchen, they're going to think that's okay, and I'm done. Like, I'm done with that. My biggest failure was thinking that I had to do that. Right. So, you know, that's a super interesting point, too, and that's something I wanted to bring up today, too. And this is something that's not mentioned a lot of times because there's all this... I mean, this channel, for God's sake, is called Hospitality TV, and we're in the hospitality industry because we like being around people, and we like what we're doing, obviously, or else we'd be doing something else. But one of the biggest challenges, for sure, in this business is dealing with people, mm-hmm. whether it be customers, whether it be your employees. I think a lot of times, the customers, honestly, can be some of the biggest headaches that come into your door. Yeah. Because the employees that you have in your restaurant or people that you work with, you put in the same sweat side by side, elbow to elbow. Yeah. Like, you guys are going towards the same mission. We have these people who come in, they can be disrespectful, they can be wild, they can be drunk, they can be rude, they can mm-hmm. lack manners. I mean, just a list of a hundred different things. What I'm getting at is, you know, I think that the best, what I've seen that the people that are most successful in this business are people that can manage all of that. I mean, I, I honestly, our executive chef at my restaurant group right now is, is literally unofficial head of HR. Somehow he's so good at it that any little random employee problem, they just go to him. And he's very good at mitigating it or you know, kind of neutralizing the situation, which I think requires an enormous level of emotional intelligence that's hard to kind of develop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how have you developed that over the years? I know you, you, know, you, you were talking a little bit about your kind of um, you know, family-driven approach to this restaurant, but what do you think has changed for you since the days where you used to maybe be an asshole and yell at people and, and you're trying to fix that? I think a lot, well, a lot has changed. One, my, my children have a lot to do with it. Um, being a mom of two teenagers, two millennials, my kids aren't that much younger than a lot of my staff. If I think about it, you're like, I'm like, oh my, my you know, my hostess is 22, my son's 15. That's not a crazy age gap. That's mm-hmm. me, my, the difference between my brother and myself. Um, so I look at them as like my, my little brothers and sisters, my kids almost. Um, and the, they're my biggest teachers. My kids are my biggest teachers. And I know each one of them have a very different personality. My daughter, she learns by beatings. Like she's not literal, but she likes to get yelled at. She yeah. likes to do things wrong and be told, why the fuck are you doing this? She responds to that. My son, I have to sit down, he's more analytical, and I say, well, listen, this is this and this. This was not okay. And he responds this, that, that way. If I start yelling at him, he shuts down. Right. And I know if I do that, I'm going to cause a world of pain for him when he's an adult. Right. So I have to, it's a different approach, and that's my kind of HR approach. I've talked people out of quitting here multiple times because of one thing or another, their life is at a certain point, and, um, you know, we sit down what's wrong talk to me like it's not if this is if you don't like working here cool that's fine but if this is something that i can help you and let me help you Mm -hmm. you know you're an important asset to us i want the opening team to be a family and i want this and this and this and we've worked around it and it's been for me a huge learning experience and i learned that from gavin and he's you know he's kind of that mentor that has always told me taught me how to be a leader indirectly i worked with him and then i still look up to him how he leads his restaurants 
Um, but being able to diffuse situations with people by talking, mm-hmm. because as bosses, you get so you wrapped up in the, the paperwork and the admin of like, oh, fuck it, let them leave. Or you could sit down and go, what's wrong? Talk to me. Right. You know, what's going on in your life? I've had a staff member that, you know, lost a friend. Pull them off the floor. Let's talk about it. Let's right. cry together. Let's hug. Go out in the garden. Go weed. Don't take any more tables. Go home. And, right, right. and that has been a huge learning experience because in other places, they don't have sympathy. You're having a bad day. Yeah, join the fucking club. Or you can make them want to come back because they care that you care about them. Right. You're hungry. Let me feed you. You know, you didn't make it to family meal. That's cool. We can't do family meal because labor's shitty and, you know, it's dead outside. Fine. I'm going to buy burritos for everyone and we're going to eat together burritos. You know, and that approach has always been, for me lately, I'm seeing results, but there has to be like that middle ground, right? Or else, like children, they take abuse, abuse of it. It's like give them an inch, take a mile. Right. So there's uh, that like tough love. I'm giving you all this, but you better meet me halfway and do your job. Right. So when they don't, are you pretty quick to let go? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, 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 not to let go, but to call it to their attention. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this isn't fair. Right. This isn't fair, and it's disrespectful. You respect me, I respect you. Let's keep this good. Um, and they respond. It's not like, a, well, it's your fault. No, no, I feel like there's a, right now a good balance. I haven't mastered it because I do have like a little, I get impatient at some points um, because they're still like, oh, damn it, I told you already. We've had this conversation. But again, I have to go with, okay, if I want to be the change you see in the world, you have to, you know, you have to do the work right. and it's not going to happen overnight. Right. It's a long process for yeah. sure. So how do you deal with reviews that you get from customers? I mean, you can talk about both the negatives and the positives, right? Like Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> Was that that line of opinions are like assholes, everyone's got them and they all stink? <laughs> <laughs> should make t-shirts. <laughs> yes, you should. Uh, <laughs> um, We've all got a megaphone now too, right? Yeah, everyone's got a keyboard Mm -hmm. Um, at their fingertips, at home. They could do it in their sweats. They could do it even if they've never eaten here. Yep. And sometimes I know that that's happened. You know, I I can see where uh, we get, there's multiple restaurants that have this name and all of a sudden they're talking about a fajita plate that landed on their table, gave us a one star. And I'm like, that's not even us. Like, what the fuck? But honestly, I mean, you don't do Top Chef not liking criticism. <laughs> yeah. I'm used to it. Yeah. Um, I grew up with all boys. Talking shit is, it's a game. It's an art. It's, you know, that Dave Chappelle, the haters, the haters ball. <laughs> yeah. I'm a world-class hater, but it comes from a good place. It comes from always wanting to be better. So I will tell you your truth because I want you to tell me mine. And I don't want people to blow steam up my ass. If something's bad, tell me. And that's why I've always really, like Troy Johnson's always been really good at, I ask him his honest opinion and he'll give it to you even if you don't ask him to give it mm-hmm. to you, you know, but it's, it's helpful. How do you grow if you're not told, if you're always told that you're great and you're always told that you're the perfect human and everything you do is great, you don't grow. Right. You just grow a, a, a kind of false sense of self. Yeah. And I, I think that another thing my husband's always very good at being self-aware and he's like he always the last eight years we've known each other he's like self-awareness is something that you need to own and being able to see you know what i fucked up so with criticisms and these critiques that you get on yelp on open table on everywhere i i take them and i 
I see patterns. I don't take everyone for all of their weight because I know that people, like you said, people come into this restaurant with their own bull- bullshit and baggage. Mm-hmm. They had a shitty day. They come here. Guess what they're going to do? The first thing they're going to do is they're dumping it on the server. Yep. And now the server has lost that customer and it's set it off the rails. Or you get someone that had you know, a great experience and was like, this tasted like my grandma's food and this reminded me of this and that and they're not Mexican. This, this, this food is soulful. And it, so I think that it's like this like weight, this like checks and balances yeah. of like, okay, I understand the bad. If there's a pattern, I attack it. But I don't listen to them every, and take them for everything that it worth. Yeah. I've been called extra. I've been called not Mexican. I've been called all sorts of shit. Do you, re- do you respond to those? I personally don't because yeah. I don't have the mental health. Like, my mental health is really important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have the space in my, right now, in my spectrum to answer to them because I will be truthful to them and, and kind of give them the facts. Yeah. And I, but they don't also want to read it. Right. It'll land on deaf ears. So, I, I, again, with that energy, it's like, where do you put your energy? Your energy is currency. Be careful where you spend it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that I rather delegate that to someone else and focus on making us better. And I tell them, tell me if you see a pattern. Tell me if you see salty food in more than three on one day. Tell me if you see, you know, cold food or tell patterns. Right. One one offs. When I have five one stars or five five stars and one one star that same day, that person, I I don't pay too much attention to that. Right. Because they came in here not wanting to like us yeah i've had people walk up and then read the menu and leave and i fucking love it right uh, please don't if this isn't your place i would love for everyone to come with an open mind but if they from the on go of the from the onset like read it and go this isn't for me cool i love that you know that this isn't going to be for you don't yeah. make your experience shitty because you don't want to eat here do you have somebody who monitors those reviews yeah. or okay do they respond yeah. after the positive ones both yeah yeah okay yeah I think it's important. I think that it's important to acknowledge the people that get what we're trying to do. Yeah. And longevity isn't something that the restaurant industry is known for. So I really want to be here for a long time and I want to really keep pushing what we're doing. I don't want to in a year have to sell tacos to make my pay my light bill. Right. Chef, who's been some of the most inspi- or the most inspiring person during your career? Somebody who you've really looked up to or has just been operating at a different level? I think for me, it's always been Gavin, and I always say, and sometimes I'm like, I get embarrassed that he's going to be like, all right, stop talking about me. <laughs> but I do think what he's been able to do in his trajectory in his career, when I worked for him as a pastry chef, I was his pastry chef, and he was like the wonder kid of San Diego. You know, he was on a fire and still in his 20s and did Bocuse and then left to New York and really like started that path. And how he led the kitchen was like, you know, we didn't have prep cooks. Um, he pushed me to do a different flavor souffle every single night that we were open. And that's incredible. But he, he always, everything was always felt for me, like looking at him as my boss, effortless. Mm-hmm. He walked in the kitchen and it was always good. I never, ever have seen him lose his cool. Not once. Not once yelling, not once disrespectful to his employees. If he gets, he's kind of like one of those guys of like, I'd rather tell someone I'm disappointed that I'm angry. Right. <laughs> and that's now my approach. It's like, you should have done better, man. Like, <laughs> right. And it's like, you're, you would never want to disappoint your parents. Right, right. Unless you hate your parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is, carries so much more weight and people want to make you happy when they see you as a mentor. So you don't have to be shitty to them. Yeah. Because usually 
the one thing that people need to know about the restaurant industry is it's made of a bunch of, it's basically a bunch of broken children. If you start asking people how they grew up, very seldomly do they say, I came from a great family. I came from good stock. It's always like, yeah, my parents broke up, or yeah, no, I had a drug problem, or I had a drinking problem. It's, it's misfits. Mm -hmm. I didn't fit in in high school. This is only, the, it's like the military. We're a version of the military. You know, and I love that about it. I love being in a band of misfits because we all are, we fly the same freak flag. You know, I have restaurants and friends and places that I can go around the entire country and the world. And I find myself really, really fortunate and love my connections that I've built over the last few years. Um, I can literally go to any city, text a friend and land in, a, in another home of a friend of a friend of a friend and make new friends. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Gavin for sure started that, how to be the best boss and how to want more. He told me, whenever you have five extra minutes, whenever you have an extra day, knock on a door and ask them if you can work there. Just learn from somebody yeah. else. You don't have to work there permanently, right. but go and learn. Right. They closed the kitchen at El Biscocho. He went to do a stage at, cafe, at Danielle and he met Danielle and that started his career. You know, it's, you never know. Every opportunity, you know, that you only miss the ones you don't take, is exactly. that quote, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, he's done more than he knows he's done for me in my career. So what type of things do you find yourself doing now that you're in that position to inspire other people? Whether you, you know, realize it or not, right? It's going to be that one thing that you said or that one thing that you did. It, you might not even have noticed it and you might not even have seen somebody <coughs> watching you notice you. But there's something that they're going to remember, that they're going to look back on and being like, well, I still look back on the way that she worked or the way that she treated that one person. Like, do you find yourself catching yourself, like, thinking about, you know, being in that position and now that you can be that inspiration to other people? Yeah, I think, um, I think in this restaurant, I've also worked for people that are not as connected to the restaurant that can kind of phone it in a little. I've seen it in events where I see that <clears throat> the chef's employees all, you know, working crazy and the chef rolls in right before a plate up and that's cool that's what you want to do that's fine but i know what works for me and i know what i want to instill in my cooks and the leaders i want them to be one day and for me it's i don't ever want someone to run behind me i want people to run next to me mm -hmm. um, i want my gm and i i want her to be my left hand i know that she knows exactly what i want and if i see that it's not right she is going to beat herself up because she didn't she knows what my expectations are. Right. Um, my sous chefs are the same. I don't work, they don't work for me. We work together. Uh, and I, my cooks, they, you know, I had a cook ask me, well, you know, what, what do you think the definition of chef is? And I said, it's a word that gets thrown around too lightly. I think that it's, it's a boss that you can run a kitchen and maintain and know your numbers and maintain, you know, a healthy work environment. But I think it's, above all, like a leader. It's not just a title that you get because you went to school. It's can you lead and put out a good product consistently under your guidance, you know? And that's something that I still haven't mastered, but I, I strive for it every mm -hmm. single day. I work the line often. I do expo. I, last night we got our ass kicked and I worked the line and we left at 1.30 in the morning. I stay and clean with the staff. I stay in, even if I don't, if I, go okay I worked the line please clean the fucking station because I'm done you know but I tell them I don't mm -hmm. ever and I don't make them expect to right. like oh shit well I guess you left a mess 
I'll clean up a little and I'll go, can you take care? I don't even have the words. <laughs> right. But I will stay till the end. I'll, I'll stay till the end with them. You know, a lot of the things I scrub the deck on the concrete floors outside myself. Um, I don't ever ask them to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. I think that's my biggest kind of like driving force as a leader. What do I want? What do I want them to be? Yeah. When they run their own restaurants, I want I want my sous chefs to own their own restaurant one day. I want them to leave the nest and prove. When somebody asks them how who was your you know mentor, I want them to say me. Not because of my ego, but because I did something good. You did your job well. Right. Yeah. So kind of on a parallel now that like, you know, in our current state of affairs today, like what is what does the word influencer mean to you? Oh God. Everyone's an influencer. <laughs> well you know it's Well the reason I asked I me, mean, you but you have a, a kind of a, a, a created sort of a, a large social media following now too so you could say like in the same way that you're doing this here in your restaurant where you're you know doing things so that people can you know kind of improve on their own tactics here at work like you're essentially also now you have a t i mean that many more eyes on you yeah. on your social media platforms you know how do you i mean are is there how do you leverage that to continue to do that what you're trying to do here but you know I, via social media you know social media is so it's so interesting i've seen it evolve from the MySpace days to what it is now, and it does—it's—it's it's insane how much money people can make on those things. Mm -hmm. And I don't make money on social media. Um, every once in a while, I'll do a branded deal, but I don't—if I post something that I like, it's just because I'm honest. Um, and I think for me, what works for me. Do you have a lot of people reaching out to you for that? Sometimes, yep. yeah. It, it depends on the season. Like mm -hmm. Christmas time, we get a little bit more. Um, and if it's an honest to God good product, I will talk about it. But. Usually, people don't want to actually pay monetary. Like, it's usually like, we'll give you a blender. I'm like, yeah, we'll use a blender. You know, <laughs> right. like, we need it. <laughs> right. Um, but just like I am in person, I try to be that in social media. So you'll, I'll never, ever say, uh, not be myself. And I want to show people, like, when I, <laughs> there was a post, I eat shit out here. I was walking outside, and I just, I fell like a fucking tree. And I ripped my pants open. It's like everyone assumes on social media everything is so good. Oh, my gosh, she's doing so good. I'm a fucking hot mess most of the time. <laughs> and I fall and I eat shit and I wake up late. And that's who we really are. People on social media, like I was just in an event in Mexico City and um, I had a bunch of students and they were like gobsmacked when I said hi to a really awesome chef in Mexico. Um, and they're like, oh my God, you know him. These girls were like freaking out like if it was a rock star. And I turned around and I was like, dude, he shits just like all of you. <laughs> He's not a god. You need to understand when you say hi to a chef, keep your composure. Hey chef, I love what you're doing. I'm a huge admirer of your career, whatever. I was like, but don't bond over them. Mm -hmm. Like we're mortals, <laughs> all of us. So I, I think in social media, my approach is always to be myself. Kind of sometimes unedited. Um, I curse a lot and that's kind of, I know that, I know my audience, so I know when not to curse and when to curse. Um, that's how I touch tables here. I sometimes will get a table of a bunch of young people and I'm like, oh, this is, this shit is a butt, like this is the best shit you'll ever eat. <laughs> or I go, oh yes, no, this is my mother's recipe, you know, and I know how to fluctuate with my audience. And I think on social media, it's awesome because it's my social media. I manage it yeah. and I'm always going to be a hundred percent authentic. Well, you do use it to leverage it. I mean, you're not, I think you did like, you do a lot of events here and, yeah. and, and 
you know, you did a really awesome event for women, I think, a couple of days ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people see that, and that's yeah. good. I mean, as far as, like, using social media in that aspect, like, people can see, like, kind of where your passion is and where you're staying active um, and what your intentions are. Yeah. You know, one thing to be said about that, too, is, is you know, I think especially now in this industry, it's such a, um, a photogenic industry, right? There's all these dishes. I mean, it's essentially art. And these mm -hmm. guys are creating, like, these very artistic pieces of... Um, uh, you know, these culinary pieces that they want to put on Instagram. And and I think a lot of people are putting a lot of their things out there to the world. And what would you say to somebody who's like not really getting a lot of traction or is not getting the followers that they want? I think or I'm not, not growing as quickly, you know, like, I yeah. mean, is it is it really true that, you know, if they're putting it out there and they're not getting the following that they think they should, that, well, their product isn't as good enough and maybe they're getting bummed out about it, and, you know, because they're not getting the feedback that they want. I don't think... Do you see that in your chefs, and your young chefs that are, you know, posting a bunch of stuff on Instagram? And do you, do you sense any, like, kind of, like, disappointment when they don't get the following that they think they should be getting? Or? No, every once in a while they'll say something like, you got, like, 20,000 followers. But to me, like, I love that I have followers that, like, look up to me. But it's also a huge amount of weight that that carries, that yeah. people, like, look up to you. And if I were only to post that, oh, I got my Gucci, I'm jumping into my Porsche, it's a false sense of self. And it's giving them an idea of what it's like, but they don't understand, they don't see what the work that went into it. I'd rather show them, you know, a market in the Mexico, a market, like, where I'm buying food off the floor that this woman harvested and it's a, on a blanket that's shit that, that's what turns me on creatively what i have is just you want this jacket take the fucking jacket i don't give a shit about material things you know so i think that i always tell my cooks or when you know an employee tells me you know oh well you you know huge social following base it doesn't mean nothing it's not tangible it means it, it means that i have to work twice as hard to make sure that they know who i really am mm -hmm. It means that all of their opinions, they, they land on my lap and I have to be very careful of what I do with it. That I don't misconstrue it because what this restaurant is and who I am, it's one and the same. Mm -hmm. And if I'm trying to do, you know, Mexico properly, I'm trying to, you know, honor these things that I believe and my social media is not matching that, it's superficial. It, it, I wouldn't be authentic, like I wouldn't be me right you know so I always tell them like you know all the followers are great but do they pay you do they feed you how do they feed you for me it feeds me when I get emails going or you know messages going you know you inspire me because of this and that and you give me hope men and women you give me hope as you know a Latino I'm you know I started in Mexico and I, I grew up in TJ and you know I grew up eating from rice and beans one day to a very inconsistent household. My dad was very gypsy-like in his ways. And all of a sudden, we'd had escargot. The next day, we'd have, you know, lengua, rice and beans for the next two weeks. And, and that was kind of my life. I never had a stable household. Um, so I want that to always be the story of, like, you don't have to. You're not a product of your environment. I was told I wasn't going to graduate high school. I showed up with seven credits, and I said, the fuck, I'm not graduating high school. You know, and that was my determination. I was like, you're, you're imposing what you think a Mexican woman or a Mexican teenager is, and you're telling me that I'm not good enough. Well, fuck that. You know, and that's always been, that's the story of my life. Yeah. Someone telling me I'm not good enough and me proving them wrong. But not by, like, force, you know, by me doing the work. 
getting so determined social media, to do something. Yeah, yeah, so social media is great at showing them like you're not a product of you. You are not what your circumstances have been. Mm -hmm. You are the work you put in. Right. Um, and social media has been good in that sense. It's also been awful. I mean, Top Chef. The feedback I got from Top Chef US was awful, and the fifty percent. I would say fifty percent. Half the people that really saw through all the editing and saw through it was great. But some of those messages I got because people hated me were awful. And it really takes a really strong sense of self to be like, okay, I'm not going to swallow that bullet that day. Because sometimes the messages get real. And that's what I tell, you know, another thing that I tell on social media, my staff when they like, oh my God, so many this and that. And I'm like, it's not glitz and glamour. It comes with a lot of also shitty people. Mm-hmm. Because they give, they're given a platform to give an opinion on someone they don't know. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can get heavy quickly. Yeah. Well, Chef, I want to thank you again for your time today. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. I know you got, you got things to do. Um, guys, make sure to check us out on Hospitality TV, YouTube, <laughs> Facebook, and on Instagram, please. We're also live on the iTunes podcast, Hospitality TV. Make sure to follow Claudette and everything she's doing. Chef, where can they find you? Uh, at Claudette Zapeta Wilkins on Instagram. Claudette, uh, Claudette Zapeta on Twitter. Chef Claudette Zepeda on Facebook. It's a fucking <laughs> <Very nice>. mess. <laughs> and El Hardin restaurant. Yes. Don't forget that one too. At El Hardin dot San Diego or SD. Well, Chef, congratulations once again on all your accomplishments, and Thank I can't you. see, can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you. Thanks again. Peace.